1: Spirituality and Health Magazine. I'm Rabbi Rami, and this is Essential Conversations. Our guest today, Jamal Yogis, is an award-winning author of three memoirs, Saltwater Buddha, The Fear Project, and All Our Waves Are Water, the last of which was rated Best Book of the Year by Spirituality and Health Magazine. Not that I'm jealous, Jamal, but just, you know, I noticed it. He's a graduate of Columbia Journalism School and his work has appeared in the Washington Post, the Atlantic, ESPN magazine, and a lot of other publications. Jamal's first children's book, that's what we're going to be talking about for most of this show, his first children's book is called Mop Rides the Waves of Life, and it came out this summer. Jamal and his family lives in Canada. He's got his wife, Amy, and they have three kids. Jamal Yogis, welcome to Essential Conversations.
2: Thank you, Rabbi Rami. Nice to be here.
1: Well, I'm really happy to talk to you again. I'm delighted with this book, Mop Rides the Waves. Uh, you know, you, you've you explored in your memoirs, you know, a lot of your your spiritual journey. But just for those who haven't read those or haven't heard you before, because you've been with us on this show before, give us a little sense of your spiritual journey. You know, I know that your parents were associated with Parahansa Uh, Yogananda. That's right. And and so were you drawn to to Yogananda's teachings or what's your relationship with with all of that?
2: Um, Yeah, ish. I mean, when you're growing up, you're you're not as much as I guess you can be drawn to the things your parents are introducing you to. Full story. Yeah. I mean, we would go to Sunday school at uh, Ananda up in Grass Valley as kids. And my parents, my mom, Jewish, my dad Catholic, but both of them had gotten into meditation and yoga on their own and and were raising us sort of, you know, not super committed to any one path, but that was where we would go when we went to a spiritual event. Um, I just sort of took it in stride. sometimes I, I I wouldn't say I was I felt called to it by any means, but then I started getting into trouble in high school. Um, and my first inkling of really being sort of into yoga um, and meditation on my own, I, I won a raffle to a native American retreat. I was at like a, it was really random thing. I was just at an event with my parents and I entered this raffle, this, uh, Sioux tribe, and they were having an event at Mount Madonna center in, um, Santa Cruz mountains. And, That happened to be uh, Baba Hari Das, where he was living and teaching, um, and his community is. And I was about 16, and I wandered into, I've actually never told this story in any of my books or any uh, radio. I woke up early one morning, and I didn't know there was a yoga retreat center where I was. And I wandered into this gym, and it so happened that Baba Hari Das was teaching a teen retreat, and so there were a bunch of teenagers sitting around doing yoga with this bearded Indian man who hadn't spoken, I didn't know, in like 50 years. He had a vow of silence and he taught on a chalkboard. And um, I was, uh, you know, I was just into skating and snowboarding and girls. And, but something about entering this room with Baba Haryadas it was a spiritual awakening. Like I, I felt myself enter this, like his aura, I guess you would say it just, the room shifted and there was like, everything felt different. And from, um, and that really like, I didn't get into yoga at that point, but it was like, uh, an aha moment that I think planted a seed. And then, you know, I went back to my life and I was into things that high school kids are into. And I started getting into more trouble. I got, a DUI. And then I was suspended from school. I wasn't a particularly bad kid. I was just seemed to get caught a lot. And um, anyway, (laughs) it felt like my life was ruined and, you know, it was high drama. Um, And I ran away to Maui and I, I took a one way ticket. And I, my whole goal was to learn to surf. I had this vision that if I learned to surf, like things would be right again. We lived in Sacramento And needless to say, being broke and 16 in Hawaii was not paradise. I was, I had no way of getting around, but I did buy a surfboard. I did start surfing. And I also, when that happened, I think because I was finally struggling, really struggling for the first time in my life, lonely, hungry, all of the above. That's when something kicked in where I was like, I need to meditate. I need to, this is something that was introduced to me. And I actually really needed it. I didn't have money to go see a psychologist. So um, I started just trying it out and experimenting. And so surfing and meditation, I began at the same time, sucked at both of them. Just, I was a miserable surfer and I felt like I couldn't sit still for more than five minutes. But there was a, a connection between them that I made right away where one, my mind was rolling thoughts through, stormy thoughts, (laughs) nonstop, like the ocean. And I didn't have much control. And there was a moment where I duck dived a wave and I realized a wave that I thought I was going to get thumped by. And I realized, oh, there's a way to move with the ocean. If you understand it, you can be in a ferocious energy and actually enjoy it. And then that was a launching pad to really like Becoming crazy passionate about surfing, I also lived in a Buddhist monastery after high school and became passionate about Buddhism. Studied in college, and then those two just kept making connections latently for me. And when I became a writer, I started writing about it, and um, and so that's that's a thread that runs through all my books.
1: Yeah, clearly that that's that's true. And you were writing about it for adults, but not this time. Right. This time you wrote a children's book mop rides the waves of life. So I got to tell you, I'm a huge fan of spiritually oriented children's picture books. And it seems to me, now I've never written one, that the author of such a book has to have a pretty clear sense of reality to write one. Little kids know when you're BSing them, I think, which is why I've never written one because <laughs> I can get away with my stuff with adults, but you know. My my grandson knows better. So what, you know, beyond, and maybe there is no beyond, but what beyond having three little, you know, boys of your own drew you to write a children's book?
2: Well, I'd always, always like similar to you. I've always liked children's books. You know, I think as I heard myself talking on the page enough after three books, I realized there's what I'm saying isn't all that complicated. I'm just spinning these webs around <laughs> these moments of insight that are actually pretty simple, you know. And it's it's. But you try to create a visceral experience for the reader. If I stripped it down to what I am essentially trying to say, uh, I think that's what got into "Mop Rides the Waves of Life," or at least a good portion of it. And I didn't plan that though. I have tinkered with writing kids books since way before I had kids when I was, I think, like 17. I just like to draw and doodle always and made a little children's book um, and had made one for my first son, for our first son, for fun. And this one felt like there was something that needed to happen more with it. And it was really neat because it arose organically. One of the things I like to do that I really see as like a, a spiritual practice a meditation is doodle. I just, sometimes it's free writing and then it turns into doodling. Um, and I'm not a particularly great artist, but I draw these stick figures. And of course, because I'm a surfer, it's fun to draw waves. And I started drawing this curly haired surfer stick figure. And he just brought me a lot of joy. Like there was something about him that I... I just liked the way he looked. I liked, well, you know, having fun with him. And then, uh, I, I started giving him some more frames, you know, uh, on the page and it started evolving into the story and it was so simple, you know, it's a very simple book. And, and when I, it really poured out and then I, uh, I said, well, I should really, you know, see if anyone wants to publish this. And I was fortunate that, uh, I found a publisher right away and which uh I know is not the experience for most children's books uh writers because I tried it before with um and was unsuccessful
1: (laughs) yeah it's it's a uh, tough business now the the illustrations in Mop Rides the Waves of of Life those aren't yours though those are Matthew Allen's
2: right those are Matt Allen's and he did a beautiful job I was kind of attached to my illustrations my stick figures (laughs) Had, I was going for like a Shell Silverstein vibe. Um, right, right. And they did, my, I don't know if my publisher is just being nice, briefly entertained having me be the illustrator, but they said, let's just like see if anybody else is, you know, and is <laughs> available. Matt, right? you know, blew us away on his well, water the, the illustrations
1: are, are, are great. So, so, you know, the, this is a podcast, obviously, and people can't see you. But unlike most of our guests who they can't see, you're the cover boy. For the uh, September, October issue of Spirituality and Health magazine, you're on the cover holding up your, uh, it's your oldest son, I think. Yes. And when you see the picture of you, and then you take a look at Mop Rides the Waves of Life, you and Mop have the same hair. <laughs> <laughs> so my yeah, assumption, I just... <laughs> yeah, I noticed, <laughs> it's hard not to notice. Yeah. It, so, so is it a fair assumption that just between the two of us you know your mom i didn't
2: have, i didn't think of it like that but it was funny i was being interviewed right when mop came out and i got asked this question and i said i wasn't trying to make mop by autobiographical although there are autobiographical aspects i got teased for having big hair as a kid people used my friends used to say don't look at his hair when I was running down the soccer field because my hair alone would fake you out. And I would, I would get injured by that emotionally, even though I tried to laugh it off. And one time did get into a fight with my best friend at the time, who by the way, now is a UFC fighter, which is funny that, um, so he really could have beat me up back then too. And <laughs> but he sort of let me pound him a little bit because, um, he saw how frustrated I was by this constant teasing. And, um, Anyhow, uh, but this this other writer asked me that, and I realized that when I became a dad, I remember as deeply in love with my uh, my children as I am, and and I was when our first child showed up. I felt like I had died. I'm somebody who's deeply attached to my freedom and. Um, <laughs> And my ability to get in my car and drive down the coast with my surfboards and my guitar and, you know, meditate when I want to meditate and write when I want to write. And I built this life around, you know, freedom. My whole, you know, wasn't rich, but I had freedom. I'd figured that out. And, uh, and then all of a sudden all that was gone. You know, it's like, I'm on the clock 24 seven. And I felt like, well, where, what happened to the, You know, where's my life now? Now I'm a dad. That's all I am. And, um, Anyway, I, I got this feeling that you know Mop is this free kid who loves to surf, and I don't have as much time as I used to to do that, and and so he I'm looking at him as kind of the reincarnation of that self that died into our family.
1: <laughs> there you go. I mean that you're you're making a case for being a celibate monk, <laughs> so you don't you don't get tied down, but. You love your kids, you love it's your wife. It's a
2: good so. life, the monk a, life, but, uh, yeah, but so but, is the dad life. And I've come <clears> to, Rami, I've come to really embrace it, but it's still a challenge to, uh, to transition.
0: Want to fearlessly explore your creative spirit? Join artist Susie K. Edwards for Path of the Butterfly, a weekend workshop at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Experiment with a variety of art forms, engage in mindfulness, walking, and silent meditation, and discover a new and free-flowing creative vision. This workshop is for beginners and professional artists. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive.
1: Yeah, well, I, I get it. My son is in his 40s, and I have, a, like I said, a four-year-old grandson, and I see them both almost every day if not my son, then my daughter-in-law, but my grandson, Jack, is is here almost every day. And it's always in the middle of something, you know, I'm working on something and, oh, <laughs> right, can we come over? And, you know, you can't say no. So I, I, so I get it it. It, it, it.
2: it doesn't no, end. No, no, right. It doesn't end. Though I tell I you, being a 18th. grandfather,
1: and I know this is completely cliche, but being a grandfather and being a dad are two different things. And though you have to go through one to be the other, I really like being a grandfather. So let's talk a little bit about the book. I, one of the things in the book, Mop learns to meditate. His mom teaches him how to meditate. And immediately he makes the connection between sitting and meditation. And I'm totally, totally impressed that Mop and his mom can sit in full lotus. That's very impressive. Uh, but he he makes this connection between meditation and sitting on his, floating on his surfboard. Now I looked this up because <laughs> I was just curious. What I found was you can teach a five-year-old how to surf. That's what it says on the internet, which is, is of course, knows everything. So I'm wondering because in the book I would guess Mop is around seven in your your imagination. I don't know. So I'm curious about your experience. I, I think your your kids are too little to teach them to meditate, let alone surf but have you had any experience trying to teach first graders, second graders, their graders, uh, how to meditate?
2: Um, yeah, I I have. And I think I, I picture Mop between kind of, you know, seven and nine, like there there's often the kids a little older than the target audience. Um, so he has, so you get that wish fulfillment. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, One, you know, we we live in San Francisco normally, we've just moved to Canada, but our school in San Francisco taught mindfulness and they would do a little bell uh, every morning and just have a mindful moment. So it was, you know, about 30 seconds or a minute. And my kids can do that. (laughs) But I've never really pushed it beyond that. Um, I've just, uh, we have done yoga classes and things, but it's always seemed a little silly to me to ask kids that age to sit still, to try to force it on them. What we do do is do breathing, so, you know, birthday candles, when you have a big emotion, let's try, you know, blowing out five candles, or following your breath um, if you're having trouble going to sleep, so kind of inserting it into moments so it plants a seed. That's really where I've gone with it, but ironically, um, of course, my kids, like every other kids, just want to get their hands on a, a phone if they can. And yeah. so, I for MOP, I made these little YouTube videos um, for people who want to follow up and give their kids like a one minute meditation. With some of them have a little like repetitive mantra, or others are a little more active where you're doing some pranayama kind of thing. And my kids love doing those because. They think it's hilarious that dad's on YouTube. And um, so the most successful meditation I've ever uh, seen, observed them doing, is when we put YouTube dad on the TV. And sure enough, one day I walked into the living room, and they were watching it on their own, and they were all sitting cross-legged on the floor. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> and I thought, oh, well, this is never going to happen again, but this is uh, something that, oh, that
0: That is I, great.
2: Uh,
1: So if people want to see those, how would they find them on YouTube?
2: Um, If you Google probably Mop Rides, the Waves of Life on YouTube, there is a channel where, um, one, the book itself is up for free on YouTube because I put it up early during the pandemic. Our publisher let us do that for kids who are at home because we figured this could be a great tool. And then if you sort of follow that, usually YouTube comes up, you know, click that channel and there's some other videos.
1: That's very cool. So we're you know, running out of time here, but i got a couple questions. I'd like to just run by you quickly. Really great children's books are really for adults, or, or at least speak to adults also. And I, I think that's true of Mop Rides the Waves of Life. So could this be a, an introduction to an introduction to meditation for adults?
2: I've gotten a lot of feedback from adults saying this book is really for me. I read this to my child, you know, as much as I can, Uh, because at the end of the day, especially during quarantine, you've had some, maybe some angry outbursts. (laughs) And one of the things MOP learns is that angry waves are okay. Stormy waves are natural and that falling is the best way to learn. So I think that gives us adults at the end of a hard day, like, oh, I wasn't perfect today, but what can I learn? And sort of a little, a little self-compassion. And then also, hopefully, to be able to just come back to your practice. Because, I mean, for me, with meditation, my practice itself is pretty simple. So I just need those reminders of why it's so valuable because when you get busy, you kind of say, well, I can I could shove that aside. You know? <laughs> I don't need right. those, that, that 20 minutes today because um, I'm going to get more done. And then uh, I, my hope is that a book like this, you pick it up and you say, oh, yeah, I can practice this as well, because it, it's not something you master. It's ongoing, I think, at least in my experience. I haven't mastered it yet.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I, th- I think you're, you're right. Let, let me ask you one last thing and we'll bring this to a close. You know, I, I was reading the book. I mean, it's, you know, it's a children's book, so it's not like I'm taking an hour. It it, it reads very quickly. It's beautifully mm-hmm. done. And one of the things that speaks to me is the central metaphor of the ocean, riding the waves, the whole surfing thing. Now, I don't surf. Uh, but um, in in my own personal theology, the metaphor of the ocean and the wave is the central metaphor, you know, just putting it in Western terms. I and mean, for me... God Mm -hmm. is this infinite ocean, and you and I and all creation are waves of that ocean. So we're all extensions of this divine reality. So as a way of closing out our conversation, do you have a central metaphor that you use about um, that reflects your your deepest uh, understanding of of reality in two seconds or less?
2: Well, yeah. Well, first off, it's never too late to learn to serve rabbi. And second... (laughs) Yes, that is my central metaphor, exactly what you described. I might put it in terms of Buddha nature, um, yeah. but I, I'll use the G word too. I mean, it is, you know, we're, we're sailing the seas of divinity and we're all connected in that ocean. And so there's something really beautiful to me about that. And I come back to it again and again, you know, that, that Rumi quote, you're not a drop in the ocean, you are the entire uh, ocean in a single drop. Has always been kind of a a koan to me uh, on a spiritual level and kind of like a quantum physics level of just something to reflect on. And I don't claim to to uh, to understand it fully, but it's something I come back to again and again. Absolutely.
1: Well, you've got company in that kind of understanding. (laughs) And just as it's not it's never too late to learn how to surf, it's never too late to become a spiritual master. You just got to write another MOP book.
2: (laughs) That's the key. I think one more and I'll be there. Yeah, That's it. Then you're there. Our guest
1: today, Jamal Yogis, is the author of MOP Rides the Waves of Life. You can learn more about his work on his website, jamalyogis.net. Jamal, thank you so much for talking with us on Essential Conversations.
2: Thanks, Rabbi Renan. Take care.
1: Essential Conversations with Rabbi Rami is the bi-weekly podcast of Spirituality and Health magazine. If you like Essential Conversations, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the show on your preferred podcast app. You can also follow me on Spirituality and Health's website, where I now write a regular column called Roadside Musings, and on my new podcast, Conversations on the Egg. And don't forget to subscribe to the print magazine as well. Essential Conversations is produced by Ezra baker Trupiano, and our executive producer is Catherine Drury-Wagner. I'm Rabbi Rami. Thanks for listening.